Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. Have you heard of SanCL? That's the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders. We've teamed up with them to put together a podcast series for Nurses Month. In this 12-part series, we'll magnify and elevate nurse innovators' expertise as transformation agents who contribute to healthcare reform and improved outcomes. Through interviews with these amazing nurse leaders and innovators, we'll help you connect the dots in a world where nurses are significant leaders recognized for transforming healthcare and society. Visit outcomesrocket.health slash sanciel to learn more. That's outcomesrocket.health slash sanciel, S-O-N-S-I-E-L to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket, everyone, and welcome back to the SanCL series on nursing. Today, I have the privilege of hosting the amazing Paul Coyne. He's president and co-founder of Inspirin, a nurse-led healthcare technology company whose flagship solution has received over 20 awards for design and innovation from Fast Company, Edison, Time, and the American Nurse Association. Coin has been named Crane's 40 Under 40 AI as an Artificial Intelligence Person of the Year by the Global Achievement Artificial Intelligence Awards and a Top 25 Innovator by Modern Healthcare. In addition to his role at Inspirin, he's a nurse practitioner and CNIO at Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. Coin obtained three master's degrees and a doctorate in a four-year period to transition into healthcare after beginning his career at Goldman Sachs. He's an author, the author of The Nurse's Guide to Innovation, and is a founding member of Sanciel, the organization that we're doing this series on behalf of. So, Paul, such a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And man, what an interesting background. So, you know, you started off at Goldman Sachs. And then you said, I want to do something else. And you got three master's degrees and a doctorate and then became a nurse. So I just want to start off by, you know, asking you about that and kind of what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure, of course. So I was born with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. It's a, it's a heart disease where the, the walls of the ventricle are, are too thick. And so as a result of that illness, I, I suffered a stroke at the age of 22 and had memory loss and difficulty speaking and, and a right-sided limp. And the three or four years that I was at Goldman, I overcame my stroke deficits, but continued need to live with an underlying heart disease and actually be having surgery next month for a pacemaker, battery replacement, because the battery, you know, dies every once in a while and you need, need a battery. So, you know, whether it's no matter how successful I am, I always identify first as a patient. So mm -hmm. the greatest inspiration for my work in healthcare has just been to use my talents uh, to create an environment that I, as the patient, find safe and, and compassionate and optimal. So that's always been my, my primary motivation for why I chose the field and why I'm, I'm so passionate about helping it. Yeah, no, that's amazing, Paul. I appreciate you sharing your story. And it's a powerful one, both as a patient accessing the system and also a nurse and, you know, even starting as a money guy, you know, all of these things matter greatly in healthcare business and also the provider piece of it. So talk to us about how you and your organization are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem through Inspiring. Sure. So, you know, there's really no greater feeling of, of vulnerability than to be lying alone in a, in a hospital bed. And, you know, I know that firsthand, but if you, if you stop and you think about it, there aren't many technology solutions that are deliberately created to alleviate that vulnerability. So normally technology gets created and then 
someone attempts to make that fit into the patient care setting. So at an, an Inspire for one of the, the first times, a, a group of practicing nurses set out to change this, and we assembled a, a team of data engineers, and we sent a lot of emails until we found enough people to help us, and we're fortunate enough to find people from NASA and MIT and Columbia, and really over the last three or four years, the nurses and the technologists work side by side to create what's now known as Augie. And Augie, this device, we've created at Inspire, and it's a hybrid sensing wall-mounted device that's placed above the patient's bed uh, that uses the fusion of computer vision, Bluetooth low energy, and a host of environmental sensors to analyze the physical, digital, and auditory environment of the patient room. So that data collection simultaneously classified and aggregated and stored, it, it has vast implications for how care is delivered and most importantly for how patients kept safe. We've, we've used the technology to do everything from reduce falls and pressure injuries to ensure the patients are checked on at least once per hour, reward nurses for spending more time with patients, optimize staffing according to patient intensity and, and also alleviate the burden of charting. So we're just sort of getting started in terms of all of the technology implications that this device has on the care setting, but that's what we've done so far. Fascinating. So this is really interesting. So, you know, this problem of solitude and and really, you know, being far away from a caregiver produces the patient safety issue. And so Agi, the device that you guys have come up with powered by AI and, and software really helps kind of bridge that gap. I'd love to learn more about it, Paul. So talk to us about what actually makes the device and the overall platform different or better than what's available today. Yeah. So most hospitals and nursing homes either have no technology resembling anything like Coggy, or they have antiquated technology that does some of what Augie does, but not very well. So the newer companies that are entering the space, they pick one technology and they bring it to market, but no underlying technology can solve for every use case. So there are companies out there, for example, that use computer vision for falls prevention. Uh, that's the same thing like your Xbox Connect or a self-driving vehicle that turns uh, the body into a stick figure and makes algorithms and determinations based off of that. Augie does that using computer vision. And then there are other companies that use Bluetooth low energy, the same technology that you use to pair your cell phone to the car radio. Companies use that and other IoT solutions to transform the RTLS or the real-time location services market for things like staff efficacy and asset tracking. There are also companies out there that use speakers and microphones and Alexa-type solutions to reduce the burden of charting. And, and each one of those are, are great for what they solve, but they're problematic because hospitals have to then buy multiple pieces of hardware, put them all up on the wall, and then attempt to integrate them with each other, and then also integrate it with their existing electronic health record and try to come up with some way to create meaningful data that is useful to the frontline nurse. And so it's actually, it all sounds great when each one is, is sort of selling what they're, what they're selling, but it's, it's actually impossible or near impossible due to the complexity, uh, purely from a logistical perspective, even before you account for the analytic complexity that it's needed to merge those data sets. So Inspire and patented a technology on a hybrid sensing platform using edge AI to fuse locally at each base station the various inputs from the multitude of those sensors, computer vision, Bluetooth, and audio, physical, digital, and audio, to classify those events into simple data elements and then send it up to the cloud and then push it back down to a host of mobile and desktop applications. So the real you know, proprietary and innovative thing that we've done is not create any of those technologies, but really fuse those three, computer vision, Bluetooth, and audio in a way that, that adds exponential uh, synergy. Fascinating. 
No, that seems very good. And so how about like the patient monitoring devices? Yeah. Uh, so the, the current ones that exist in the market? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, say we're, I guess, you know, we're talking acute care setting. Somebody's in a med search floor. They got oximetry on them. They've got ECG, et cetera. Like, are those streaming into this thing or? Yep. Any Bluetooth enabled device would stream that data into got this. It. That's its function as an IoT hub. Absolutely. And got then it, the computer it. vision aspect would alert if the patient were to get out of bed or if the patient yeah. hasn't been turned in a while. So the, the fusion of those two things in one hub is, is what's unique. Very cool. Very cool. No, this is very interesting, Paul. I appreciate the insight to really understand how it works. So it's really using all three of these technologies to really bridge that gap. You know, there's a ton that, that went into work at this and you're a nurse and work with nurses and physicians, but what do you believe people need to know that maybe they don't know about the role of nursing and improving health and outcomes? Yeah. So I think the general public and even many people that work in hospitals um, have extreme misconceptions about what a nurse is. And therefore, as a result, the nurse and the skill set of the nurse are are not utilized properly, not only in the healthcare environment, their their job or the value that they could add to the organization that they, they work at, but but also beyond it, particularly regarding technology development and also you know healthcare policy. I mean, the nurse is trained in both an art and a science. Both are extremely rigorous to study and to master. Nurses are trained to view a problem subjectively, but also objectively. It's the role that's best able to treat the physical and emotional aspects of, of a patient. And, and we continue to learn more and more that if both the physical and the emotional aspects aren't not healed, then both will suffer. But most importantly, I think the nurse's role is to advocate for the true need of a patient. And that is not a fluffy, you know, pie in the sky, feel good rhetoric about the patient needing to be in the center. It's a growing necessity. We have a, a fragmented healthcare system. We have a fragmented care paradigm and we, we have a fragmented healthcare technology, as I just laid out. And that's what, you know, Inspire is trying to, to fix. But any of those fragments result in wasteful spending, inefficient use of labor, and most importantly, poor patient outcomes. I find it unacceptable both as a, as a patient and a, a provider now. And I believe that the only way to begin to pull it together is to put nursing at the forefront, because that means that the patient will again be at the, the forefront. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I do agree. And I would include myself in the group of people that hasn't been well educated on the role of nursing. And I'll tell you, this series, this SanCL series, Paul, has been an education for me, as I'm sure it has been for all of the listeners. It's just been an incredible opportunity to understand the breadth and the depth and the different access points that nurses influence and also are a part of that could mean incredible, incredible insights for any organization and company looking to leverage them as an input source for what they're doing. And so around kind of the things that you have seen, give us an example of when you saw your nursing team or, or even yourself provide a great solution to a problem. Yes. Yeah, so during COVID, actually, Inspiring technology was deployed at New York Presbyterian Queens Hospital. And when they were using the device as a way to improve protocol compliance to hourly rounding and, and stop falls. And you know, very quickly, patients started testing positives for, for COVID. And there was an imminent need to know which members of the care team came in contact with each patient. And there was really no good way of knowing this across the country. And a lot of hospitals started having a piece of paper where the people would sign in and out before they entered each room. And some of the nurses on our team said, hey, you know, can we repurpose the data that we're generating for Inspire and, and give reports of who visited each bed? And they worked with our tech team to not only do that, 
but to use the computer vision aspects of the technology to report if PPE or mask was secure at all times. So without the nurse charting or writing anything, if a patient tested positive for COVID, uh, Inspiron was able to provide reports of everyone who entered that space, how long the visit lasted, the proximity to the source patient, if they were within six feet or not, and if they had their mask on at all times. And, you know, that was purely out of the nurse's desire to make sure that that they knew if someone they came in contact with tested positive for COVID, which is sort of the bare minimum that we could do for those on the front line. And unfortunately, it was a struggle. So they also wanted to limit exposure and the time in the room, but also maintain the same level of safety for their patients. So we worked together with the nursing team to develop a new remote monitoring solution that allowed for virtual visitation of patients in the isolation rooms so that they were able to check on them while still, you know, maintaining some sort of distance while maintaining that same level of safety. And I think, you know, both of those examples, you know, sort of driven by nurses and using our technology in a new way, that wouldn't have been sort of only the frontline nurse would have known that that was what was needed because they're the ones that are in it. Yeah. No, that's a great, great example. Thank you for that, Paul. And just thinking through a lot of the existing assets and resources that we have, are we maximizing their capability? And are we finding new ways that we could leverage existing assets, resources, software, et cetera? The answer is there's a lot of untapped potential. And, you know, like Paul has just kind of outlined for us, let's ask the nurses, see what they think. What can we do extra with what we have? And I'm sure you'll get a lot of great responses. Let's talk about setbacks, Paul. What's one of the biggest ones you've experienced and a key learning that came out of that? Yeah, so I mentioned at the beginning, you know, that I had a stroke. That's obviously, you know, a setback. But there's one that I I don't mention. And I've started to just recently answer uh, this question in a new way, just in my own, you know, growth. And so actually, when I was 26, I recovered from the stroke that I had four years before. Mm -hmm. And I was very successful at Goldman Sachs. And I was working and I had worked for years to be able to speak again and not limp and and sort of out of nowhere, this new manifestation of the stroke lesion appeared. And I developed what are known as tonic-clonic spasms and the the right side of my body would uh, tense up and become rigid and I'd fall over and shake in what sort of resembles a seizure, but it's a different underlying etiology. And Mm -hmm. these events kept happening while I was at at Goldman. And finally, after they kept happening over and over again, Goldman HR determined that long-term disability was what would be the next step. And so it's probably the greatest setback of my life because there I was, you know, I overcame a stroke and I worked for four years to be okay. And then I still was was not okay. And it was such a difficult time for me to finally think I reached, you know, the end and then be pushed back and have more to, to go. So I was just compelled to never feel like that again. And so I went back to a lot of school, like you mentioned at the beginning, and I, I got an MBA and a master's in finance and three additional degrees in nursing from Columbia. And I, I went to all those schools in a four-year period. And the key learning for everyone else, of course, is that failure, much like an innovation or in life or anything, that, that failure is never absolute, You know that, that each day is a chance to try again, and it's never too late to redefine who you are. But the key learning for me now looking back was that that motivator was driven so much by what I did not want to be that I I was singularly focused on what I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be sick anymore. And it was powerful and perhaps it was necessary, but I think a singular focus leaves everything that is in the periphery not seen. And in life, much like innovation, if you push some of reality out into the periphery, you, you miss a lot. And so a 360 view of the world is needed. And I think uh, that drive that I had during the period of singular focus of the stroke, sort of coupled with the ability and the desire now to look holistically at the world is what's made me, you know, a successful innovator and not not myopic. And so I think this the technology and, and this, you know, philosophy of, of nurse-led innovation, you know, has a lot of parallels uh, to my own, own life that I think uh, others could learn from. Yeah, no, what a great story, Paul. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, 
oh, I just can't imagine, you know, you had overcome it and then boom, you get hit with it again. And then you you went to school and you just wanted some answers, right? And you just, man, you, you learned so much. And now you surfaced again, doing something different, but just so meaningful and providing inspiration here on this podcast today for all the listeners that maybe might feel like they're at the edge or at the end of their rope. You know, failure is not absolute. Let's take a note from Paul here and make the most out of our new days because those new days do provide new opportunities. And it's important that we look at that 360 and also get focused. Man, so valuable, Paul. I really appreciate this. What would you say you're you're most excited about today? Yes. I mean, healthcare innovation, I know that's a topic of the series, but it really is what excites me. And, and true innovation, not just, you know, put it up on a poster and say everybody innovates, but real yeah. innovation of, of frontline clinicians, you know, particularly nurses, but any frontline clinician that's engaged in healthcare innovation. I, I think it's so exciting. And I think if it's harnessed properly, I think it's going to lead to one of the greatest positive leaps in healthcare delivery that we've seen. You know, the, the emergence of these nurse-led hackathons happening where companies like Microsoft partner with nursing organizations to have, you know, full weekends where technologists and nurses join virtually to create products and potentially launch companies together. These kind of events, they bridge the chasm that, that existed in the past between technologists and nurses by nature of those people working in separate companies and separate locations, and they just didn't have any means or you know, medium by which to congregate. So Inspiring was successful because we did this with tech and clinical folks working side by side. And I think these hackathons and this collaboration and everything that's coming out of this frontline clinical movement just accelerates the speed at which others can do this too. And, and I think it's wonderful. I also think that COVID has brought really to the, the forefront of people's minds, not only the need for nurses in patient care, but the need for nurses in innovation, healthcare administration, politics, everything. And I really think there's a, there's a growing role for the nurse in a, so many areas that it's really limitless. And I'm just excited to see the impact of the nurse on this this broader scale. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited too, Paul. And, you know, you call it a frontline innovation movement. I love that. That's a great way to coin this because it's happening. And for those of us that want to open up our eyes and, and ears to that fact that the nurse innovation, the frontline innovation uh, movement is happening, I think great things ahead because we're going to create some great things together. And for those that don't want to hear or see, you're going to miss out. So make your choice. This is the opportunity. So, Paul, I've enjoyed this so much. You know, give us a closing thought. What should we be thinking about at the end of this podcast after we finish listening to it? And what's the best place that the listeners can get in touch with you? Sure. So, yeah, no, it's been a great privilege to be on this show today. I've been a listener for quite some time, and, I, and I'm very fortunate to, to have the platform to speak to so many of your, your listeners. And I was thinking about it this week, and I have this platform, I, I suppose, because of everything that I shared with you. You know, I've been fortunate enough mm -hmm. to, to overcome a stroke and get six degrees and start companies and be successful. But, you know, even with all that, if I were to apply to many positions in healthcare in a traditional healthcare administration, I would get sort of auto-rejected because I don't fit the criteria. I think healthcare hasn't really embraced sort of thinking outside the box in terms of roles that different people can have, particularly large academic medical centers, but healthcare in general. You know, I've only worked in healthcare for seven years. I've only worked in finance for four. So, I've only worked in tech and analytics for, you know, four or five through my startup company, but I'm one of the few people that has any true experience in, in all of those, uh, but yet still sort of rejected. And so I guess the takeaway from that is I get people listen to me and, and I guess it's impressive, but I had to make that path and lay it out for myself. And I just know that many people won't make the path for themselves. And I think we need to make the path easier so that 
much more talent will be able to walk down that path and then add value. So I guess the takeaways, if you're a CEO or healthcare leader listening, you know, if you please ask yourself, whose thoughts and insights do I not know exist because of how my organization is structured? You know, what talent am I missing out on? And, you know, instead of thinking that a nurse takes care of the patients, IT makes the computer systems work and finance takes care of the budget, you know, ask who's able to help the organization bridge across healthcare, business, and technology, and instead put the patient back at the center. And I think if people do that, they'll find more often than not that the answer is the nurse. That's awesome. Yeah, well said. I agree with you, Paul. Ask those questions. I've been asking them a lot through this series, and I hope you have been too. Paul, just phenomenal. Outside of inspiring.com, where can the listeners get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I think a lot of the SunCL founders are. I think it's a great platform and nurses and clinicians and everyone. If you, if you reach out to me on there, you search for, for Paul Coyne. Um, I'll respond as will many others that help lead SunCL. And, or I could uh, be reached via email at paul at inspiring.com. I, I did really do my best to respond to everyone who reaches out. And I really enjoy speaking with anyone who wants to speak. Awesome, Paul. Well, there you go, folks. Take Paul up for it. Send him a LinkedIn message. Email him. Get the innovation going. Don't stop at the idea. Take action. That's how we're going to make things happen. So, Paul, I really appreciate you jumping on. This has been a lot of fun and looking forward to being in touch. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the SanCL Nurse Leadership Series. For the show notes and to learn more about how you could have nurses join your mission, visit us at outcomesrocket.health slash SanCL. That's outcomesrocket.health slash SanCL. 